With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. two verses for you tonight and it's unplugged but I have to kind of preach teach and talk tonight because I woke up and this scripture was on me uh, very thick and uh, and so I know it's going to be good for you lift your Bible as I said together church I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church I'm in my year of acceleration accelerated progress accelerated faith this year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, say la. Uh, I want you to just look at this one scripture for me, and I don't know if we'll get past it. We'll see how you respond to it. It's a powerful one, though. Now, I need you to know the time you're in. Say, what time am I in, Bishop? So, yes, it's true you're in your year of acceleration, but every year has an ebb, has a flow to it predicated upon the Hebrew feast. And uh, the feasts are, the spring feasts are getting ready to begin here in a little over a week. Whenever the feasts, a feast, say feast. I've talked on this extensively before. I won't go into great detail tonight. A feast, a Hebrew feast, a biblical feast, is when God set an appointment with his people. Prayer, praise, and worship sets an appointment with God from you to heaven. A feast is when heaven sets an appointment with you. And whenever heaven begins to set an appointment with you, it's always preceded by something. Say, what is that, Bishop? Affliction. The, the first of the feasts we're getting ready to go into uh, deal with Passover and unleavened bread. So, so Passover, unleavened bread, that deals with the time that Jesus was betrayed, which means you're in a time now where Judas's are, are made clear. Why? Because it's feast time and heaven says we've got an appointment with you that's already on the schedule. So let me help you. You understand where you're at now? Now, I'm not going to go too deep into the feast tonight because I just want to get these two versions. That's it. We're going to hit this, quit this, and, and it's going to bless you real good. Right? Watch this. Uh, uh, Exodus 1 and 8. Exodus means to come out. Say, I'm coming out of some things. You, know, you got to say it like you mean to say, I'm coming out of some things. 
You're coming out of debt, coming out of depression, coming out of frustration, coming out of bad relationships, coming out of drama, coming out of issues. Somebody say, I'm coming out of some things. You're coming out of the old version of yourself. Don't you think evolution was just last year? Every day you're evolving. So we're in Exodus. They're coming out. Verse, verse number eight. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Joseph, uh, uh, now who was the prime minister of Egypt, he was a Hebrew. And, uh, and so he had great leadership and influence uh, in the region. But there was now this invading nation that had taken over. The text doesn't say all this. You have to study it to know it. It was this invading nation that came in. When they came in, they didn't treat God's people like they knew who they were. They thought they could keep, treat God's people any old kind of way. Just like you got some situations thinking they can just do whatever they want to do. And you got, you got some, folk, some folk and some co-workers and some issues. And who am I talking to? You got some stuff. Oh, I says, they didn't know Joseph. In other words, they didn't see what God did to the last food that messed with you. They, they, they didn't see what God did to the last uh, person that came against you, the last issue that came against you. And look at verse 9. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more, more and mightier than we. Watch verse 10. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened that in the event of war, they also join our enemies and fight against us and go so up in the land. In other words, look at me. What you're facing now, here's what you need to know. Say, what I need to know, Bishop? The reason you can't get emotional is because what you're emotional about is actually scared of you. you. You didn't hear what I just said. The stuff that's been trying to get you emotional. Who's got some stuff like that? It ought to be everybody. What you need to understand is that stuff is actually fearful of you. So if you're sitting up stuck in your emotions feeling some type of way, you don't understand what's really happening. That pressure is actually afraid of you. That enemy is actually afraid of you. Did you see what he said? They, they said, listen, they're, they're greater than we are. So let us deal shrewdly with them. Verse 11, therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. Here's verse 12. But the more. But the more. You, 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 you. You're kind of just sitting there. I imagine this going a little differently by now. But the more they afflicted, say your name, the more they multiplied and grew. <laughs> no, 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 you, you missed it. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Watch this. You missed it, you missed it, you missed it. What's multiplication? It's nothing but accelerated addition. But the more they afflicted them, the more they accelerated. What's this? And grew. Say your name. Prophesy this over your life. Say, because of your affliction, you're about to accelerate and grow. Which means you're going up and far. Y'all, you're not. And if your neighbor's not responding, you might want to switch roles tonight because this is a prophetic word for somebody. 
the more they afflicted them, the more they accelerated and the more they grew. I'm going far and I'm going fast. My God, somebody holler, I'm going far and I'm getting there fast. And they were in dread of, say your name. Well, watch verse 13 and 14. The verse I needed to get you to was 12, but let me give you context, 13 and 14. That's why I started at 8. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, verse 14, and they made their lives emotional. That's an emotion. Bitter, that's an emotion. With hard bondage and mortar and brick and all manner of service in the field, all their service in which they had made them serve was with rigor. Now, now, just, just, uh, just say this to your name, and I'm gonna let you sit down. I'm gonna talk and preach a little bit, and then we're done. Uh, say, neighbor, your affliction equals one thing: acceleration. All right. Maybe that's the only way you're going to respond to it, but some of us are dealing with some stuff that just like Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the good news. The good news is it's actually helping you. Father, customize. Speak to us over these next few moments. Do what you do when you do when you do how you do when you do when you do what you do when you do. Do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk, I want to preach, I want to just teach a little bit uh, for just a few minutes uh, in this uh, as we go a little unplugged. Let's just be honest. It's easy to learn about our emotions. It's easy to hear preaching about our emotions. It's easy to have emotions in church that are opposite the emotions that we experience when we're dealing with affliction. But let's just be honest. When we're dealing with affliction, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the moment of the emotions. It's very easy for us to go down a path that we know we ought not go down uh, because that path is convenient, that path is easy, that path is available. And sometimes the available path becomes the first path that we walk down, even if we know internally that it's the wrong path. Now, now on Sunday we did this message, I'm feeling some type of, and we learned some powerful things about our emotions. The first was that our emotions could be corrected, which means you can have an emotion, but you can change that emotion. Your emotions are not something you're to live by. They are gauges, not guides. All they're doing is indicating uh, what your normal response is, but then the super that is in you has to speak to the natural that is in you and say, but I can correct this emotion, and I correct this emotion by doing the second thing we learn we can do on someday, by choosing a different emotion. Now, when you're sad, let's be honest, it can be sometimes difficult to choose to be glad. Don't you sometimes even like sitting in your sadness? Just be honest. Sometimes when you're having a pity party, you like having your pity party. You, matter of fact, you put on pity party music. You, 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 you close your pity party blinds. You don't want nobody to see. You don't want no light. Uh, you drink your pity party beverages. Y'all not saying nothing. You. It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that. It's easy to get caught up in the moment. When you're angry, think about it, it's easy to get caught up in the anger, easy to get caught up in the moment of that anger, not realizing that you're letting your natural rule your super. You're letting the regular part of you uh, rule the uh, irregular part of you. It is not irregular because it's bad. It's irregular because it's not from here. 
You are a spirit that has a soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions that live in a physical body. Your spirit uh, came from God. Jeremiah chapter 1 teaches us this. It says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, which means life did not start contrary to popular belief at conception. Life started preconception because God says before I even put you in your mama's womb, please understand I handpicked you to be born to her and to be born to him in the place you were born because I knew that when you were born, there was going to be a curse breaker born. So don't complain about the bloodline you were put in. Don't complain about your mama. Don't complain about your daddy. That's why I put you in her and let him be the seed to get you in her because when you were born, something was getting ready to change. Something was getting ready to be interrupted and before I sent you to the earth you were with me in heaven so, so God says before you were placed in your mother's womb I put you there that, that's why they couldn't abort you from there I put you there. That's why even the complications, I'm talking to somebody on my right, even the complications surrounding your birth couldn't keep you from being here because God said, oh no, you're supposed to be here. When? For the time you are needed most. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, don't think your life doesn't matter because God says you were born for the time you're needed most. What time is that? Now! He, he, he says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So your spirit was with God. Your spirit then is placed in a body. It's placed in a body, and now it's subject to the rules of humanity. So it's given a soul and that gives it also a physical body. Now check this out. God says, the divinity of you came from before you got flesh. What happens is now that you got flesh, you forgot how to be divine. You're walking around calling things as they are rather than calling things that be not as though they were. Divinity looks at mess and says, I see what it is, but let me call it what I want it to be. Humanity says, well, that's what it is. Well, see, you're operating at too low of a level of life. You're not some regular person. You're not supposed to just look at problems like everybody else does and say, well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to fix it. You're a solutionist. You're a problem solver. He, he, says, he says, so now, if you're ruled by your emotions, we learned this on Sunday. He says, you're a carnal Christian. What does that mean? You're a Christian who's ruled by your flesh. Opposed to your spirit ruling your flesh. So then rather than commanding an emotion, an emotion commands you. This is where emotional breakdowns come from. This is where feeling overwhelmed comes from. This is why being uh, stuck and feeling some type of, that's where it comes from. It comes because you're acting brand new. Don't look at me with that total face. You're like, <laughs> all right. You're acting brand new. Say how, Bishop? Because when you were with God prior to being given a body, do you really think that you got to be depressed and sad and angry and mad and all that? So then when you got here and you start dealing with some stuff down here, you're not even realizing this stuff is under your jurisdiction. So the reason I'm not mad about what I read, what I saw, what I heard, this, that, or the other is because I have jurisdiction over this. You never get mad about what you have the power to change. I just said something. A, a lot of stuff that are, we get 
in our feelings and emotions about, particularly our negative feelings and emotions, are things we actually have the power to change. You're mad. Watch this, managers and bosses and leaders, because somebody's underperforming. Well, I thought you were in charge. There's a scene in this movie, and I only got one more verse, and, and, and that's it. There's a scene in this movie. I've done it before, but I think it's going to preach really well tonight because I think anything might pop off in, in a moment. I think something very significant might pop off in a moment. In fact, I know something very significant is going to pop off in a moment. What do you mean pop off, Bishop? Nothing negative. No, 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 something very positive. Because since we're approaching the feast, heaven says not only are we coming in, but we're coming in like a rushing mighty wind. We're about to invade every circumstance and situation in your life. So this affliction was necessary because what it did was gave us justification for when we go slap back to your enemies. Y'all, I don't know who I'm prophesying to, but God says he's about to clap back on your enemy because they shouldn't have come against you the way they did. And this is and the acceleration that's coming. God says, we got you. We're about to clap back. Some of you, before you leave church, you're going to look at your phones and the clapback will have begun. God says, I'm about to show you why you don't mess with my people. I'm about to show you why you don't afflict my people. But it was good for me that I was afflicted. Why? Because the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they grew. So, so, so. There's this movie coming to America. The psalmist, he says, it was good. I was afflicted that I learned your statutes. That's good. In this movie, Coming to America, the king, Joffrey uh, Jafar, I think that's how you say it. That's the way we say it here. Um, and Aeolion, and that's the way we say it here. Uh, they're sitting in the back of the car, <coughs> and uh, Akeem wanted to marry that girl from Queens. And the daddy was like, well, she's not uh, Zamundin. So you can't marry her. And while they're there, you know, Hakeem's all mad. He's upset. He offers to renounce the throne. He must have really liked, uh, what's her name? Lisa. He must really like Lisa to give up the throne. <laughs> I'd be like, look, Lisa, you can come visit. <laughs> I ain't get up the throne, though. I work, shoot, I ain't not. <laughs> we can Skype. <laughs> FaceTime. <laughs> and so, and so, watch this. And so Akeem's all mad. That's the prince. He's all mad because his, his father can't, uh, won't let him marry Lisa. And, uh, and so while they're sitting in the back of the truck or the car, um, the queen looks over at the king and, she, and, and, and uh, he says, it is tradition. And then he says, who am I to change it? It's how I feel. Who am I to change it? Do you know what they did to me? Who am I to change it? Y'all missing it. And you know what the queen looks over and says to him? I thought you were the king. I'm going to tell somebody tonight the stuff you're complaining about. I thought you were the king. Revelation 1.6 says, and he makes us kings and priests, which means you're not some regular somebody. There's a king in you. Shop, there's a king in me. He says... He says, I thought you, she says, rather, I thought you were the king. There's a lot of stuff that you get emotional about that you actually have control over. That you actually have the power to change. And, and, and here it is, here it is. 
emotions can be chosen. Last thing we uh, learned on Sunday was that our emotions could be commanded. So now let's connect that to Exodus. Say, where am I at, Bishop? Okay, so, so the feasts are getting ready to start. And if you uh, don't know what I'm talking about with the feasts, I encourage you to go to the bookstore or online bookstore or here at the campus and, and get some teachings on the Hebrew feast so that you can be caught up with that because I'm not going to have too much time to get into them before they get into full swing. But here's what you need to know. Uh, uh, in those feasts, in those feasts, uh, the feasts are always marked by supernatural activity. And the supernatural activity normally begins with unexplained affliction. Unexplained affliction comes out of nowhere. You didn't do anything to cause it. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to somebody. You, 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 because some of this affliction, you went and signed up for. Like, is this the affliction line? <laughs> I know they're a bad friend, but this. <laughs> I know they be lying, but you know. So some affliction you signed up for, but but the but the this particular scenario, is the scripture says all their enemy did was look at them, and say. Who do they think they are? Now, they didn't say this. Their enemy thought this about them when they looked at them. There's stuff people believe about you you never said to them. You, you, you never posted. You never said it. It's just they believe it. And the reason they believe it is because they're about to be used as a supernatural vehicle to bring acceleration into your life. So don't even be mad at them. All they did, watch this. You ought to be sending them thank you letters. Why? They know how to recognize value. I ain't even mad. They know, you, you know how to recognize value. Not everybody can spot genuine value. And he said to his people, look. He said, look at them. The people of the children of Israel are more mighty, more and mightier than we. He says, there's more of them and they're stronger than us. But what we have right now is power. Right now. Look at verse 10. He says, come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Let us deal unfairly with them. Lest they multiply. Now, it was already more of them. Multiplication is what? Accelerated addition. You, you understand that? Now, some of y'all still ain't caught it. You'll catch it on the ride home. And it happened. That if we have to go to war with them, they now where are they getting the war from? Anybody talking about war? Anybody talking about fighting? It's because, watch this, your enemy understands that if you ever fully figured out who you are, they understand that's a fight they don't want to have. Y'all, 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 y'all. <laughs> Let's define an enemy. An enemy is a person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. That's, let's define an enemy, okay? It's a noun that opposes your forward progress. He says, in the event we get in a squabble, they might join some other people that don't like us and fight us. But watch what they were really mad about. And they might go up out of the land. They might say, okay, uh, I'm too big for this little mess. They, 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 
They, they, they might say, I'm not dealing with those little issues, those little emotions, those little problems. I'm not going to be sitting up going back and forth for you four and five times through the day to talk about nothing. I'm not dealing with this mess. Watch verse 11. Here it is. Therefore, let's afflict them. Let's give them burdens. And let's afflict them. It's a burden. Weight. Let's create weight. You want know, some of you have been so tired? Because the supernatural activity happening in your life is a burden. I'm going to help somebody. I, I, I only got one more verse. It's a burden. And whenever you're carrying a burden, it's like, come here. It's like carrying another person. Now, I don't know if this is going to work or not. It probably won't. So y'all to do it. Because I don't need no problems. I got to preach on Sunday. Now, you carry him on your back. Because he looks, you know, I think this is better. However you want to get on there. Just, that's okay. It's all right. It's church. Watch this. Imagine. Well, I'm gonna, you, touch your neighbor. Say, so you're about to be set free. I prophesy in 30 seconds, when you see this analogy, you will be set free. When you are burdened with emotions and issues, you're carrying that around all day. So the reason you're so tired and the reason you're so stressed is because what you had on your back the whole day was a whole situation, was a whole person, was a whole issue, was a whole bill. And God says, I'm about to, in this feast time, take those burdens off of your shoulder. Slap somebody, high five, say the burdens are coming off. Thank you. Could you imagine what that would feel like literally? To carry another human with you all day. You take five steps out of your bedroom. Ooh, I'm tired. That's why you wake up tired. You go to sleep tired. You work tired. Some of you, let me get in your business now because you don't believe that God can speak to your business. So let me get in your business. When some of you have been looking at your computers today out of nowhere, you just got a little foggy eye. Out of no- okay, you're not talking to me. Out of nowhere now, you're feeling tired. You're feeling unfocused. You normally come in there and knock stuff out. You're unfocused. You get so overwhelmed in moments, you just have to shut your door because you're overwhelmed and you've got burdens on you. And I'm here to tell you that is because heaven says we allowed affliction because what we're about to give is acceleration. You ain't got to believe it. I'm preaching to me, so you ain't got to believe it. Verse He says, therefore, but the uh, previous verse, therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with, watch this, their burdens. It ain't even really your issue. It's somebody else's issue that's on your back. I wish I had some real folk in this church. Who am I talking to? It ain't even really your problem. It's their problem. It's their issue. But it's only your back. Oh, shut up. But somebody holler black tonight. I declare freedom's coming to somebody tonight. Freedom's coming to somebody tonight. If that's you, holler, that's me. Watch the verse. So they built some stuff for Pharaoh. And look at verse 12. 
but the more. See, here's what, here's what the devil was hoping was going to happen. Is the more you had day. Uh, somebody said yesterday. You had day where you, uh, you know, it's just like boom, then boom, then boom. It's like punches. Come here. It's like, so, you know, you, you wake up. now, and, and look, you got a burden on you. Come on. Watch. This is where somebody has been, right here. All right? And then, and then watch this. So, you already got burdens. That's already got you tired, unfocused, and then, yep, boom. Now, you got back up, but I hit you. I can't hit you for real. Boom. Now, don't drop him, but you waved your rights now, just so you know. Boom. 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 The enemy was hoping you'd be in this position. But what he didn't know is when you got driven to your knees, that's actually where you got to swim. Because now all of a sudden you can rise up. What he meant for evil, God. What he meant for evil, God is turning. Somebody holler yet? Watch. He thought when he knocked you to your knees that he was hurting you. He did not understand that if you knock me down to my knees, that's when I got the most strength. Because that's when I pray more. That's when I worship more. That's when I give more. That's when I sow more. And when I get on my knees, now I get the strength to stand back up. But when I stand back up, watch verse 12. The more. I'm supposed to just talk, but just whatever. Teach, preach, talk. But the more. Some of you said, God, how much more? Lord, I don't know if I can do this another day. And God says, oh, you're going to do it. Because what you don't understand is I need them to keep afflicting you because that's where I'm getting your acceleration from. It's kind of like it's kind of like shooting a bow and arrow. The further I pull it back, the further strength it has to shoot forward. Here's where your neighbor's been. And then you have a good day, so you're like, okay, I think it's done. And he's like, oh, no, there's some more. And, and then, you have, then you have a good week, because, you know, you got your check. You know, you got your, got your direct deposit and all that. So you're like, oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. And then something comes out of nowhere, you're like, ah, 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 ah. But God says, baby, don't you give up now. You've come way too far, because affliction brings acceleration. Watch, watch the verse. Watch the verse. What's verse? What's verse? What's verse? What's verse? I, I, I uh, got an email this morning. I don't know email. I said, huh. Well, okay. I had multiple things happening with the day. And some stuff was here. And I had stuff happening in the other states. And, all this. and I said, I'm going to eat. <laughs> 
I said, I'm not going to sit up here and be stressed about that. I said, so what I got to do to make it happen? I said, because, oh, this here, this will be a testimony. And I said, perhaps he didn't know who he sent this to. Because I know how to navigate that type of turbulence. See, whenever, whenever, whenever you've been, um, if, you, if you ever look at um, uh, uh, you know, pilots and stuff, the, the more stripes they have, that means the more experienced they are. And so an experienced pilot, if they get into some real tough turbulence, everybody else, like me in the back, like, they're like, this ain't nothing. I know how to navigate this. You, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. And I got quit, so you, you understand what I'm saying. What the enemy did not understand is that the more he afflicted you, it, it, he's perplexed. Because he's like, they haven't stopped yet. They haven't quit yet. And you can look back at him like I did this morning and say, you must not know who you sent this to. I know how to navigate this type of water. Matter of fact, last one tried to do that, got some feelings hurt, and so you must be next. Because this affliction is going to bring acceleration. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, why did I tell you that? Why did I tell you that? Because look what he says. And they were in dread of them. What is this? They did not even want to see them. You're dealing with some supernatural enemies that the very sight of you is torment to them. Watch this. That's why they'll email you, won't, won't come, won't, okay. That, that, that's why they'll text you. That's why they'll, because, because they can't look at your face because when they see your face, they're in dread of you. So they'll do stuff back here. But won't ever come up here and do it. What's this? What's this? I says, I got to, I, I got, I got to say. I says, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve a rigor. Goes on, goes on, goes on, goes on, goes on. Now, they put, uh, look, look, look at verse 14, and they made their lives bitter. Here's my issue with the verse. And they made their lives. Who's the they? Now, if we connect verse 13 and verse 14 and, and deduce that the and is a continuation of verse 13 because the verses were made for our understanding, they weren't written in the original text, it would suggest that the children of Israel made their lives. Or excuse me, it suggests that the Egyptians made their lives bitter. But when you look at it through the spiritual context, understanding that our emotions can be chosen, we understand that the they isn't the Egyptians that the they is the children of Israel. The they that's been making yourself bitter ain't them. It's So the reason I said I'm going to eat and had me a good fine dandy meal on today was because I said well this is not fun to make me mad. I don't have time to be mad. If this emotion isn't producing acceleration, I need to pick another one. I'm going to tell somebody, you need to pick emotions that are going to move you forward. 
Just pick them. That's why Paul said, I think myself happy. Why? Happiness serves me better right now than being all negative and all of that. So somebody says, what's wrong with you? Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm happy because I'm happy. E, E, E. <laughs> so that's altar call. Watch, watch. Paul said, I think myself happy. Ch- check this out. This lasted, though, for years and years and years. And one has to beg the question, why? Now, there's a prophetic word that was given that said that they would be in bondage for 430 years. But the prophetic word foretells and foretells, which means perhaps it wasn't foretelling as announcing something to happen. Maybe it was foretelling announcing what would happen based on how they responded. (laughs) Did you catch it? So maybe when God said, your, children, your people are going to come into a nation, <clears throat> they're going to serve uh, for 430 years, maybe the reason God prophesied that isn't because that's what he wanted to happen. He wasn't forthtelling. He knew how they would respond and get stuck in their emotions, so he was foretelling. Did you, did you, did you catch that Wednesday? So maybe what happened is it didn't take 430 years. I'm just about done. Maybe it wouldn't have taken 10 years, five years, three years, two years, one year, had they stopped making themselves bitter. I'm here to give somebody a get out of jail free card. What's the jail you've been in? Your emotions. You have been doing this to yourself. It ain't what they did. It ain't what the devil did. It ain't what your mama did. It ain't what your daddy did. It's how you're choosing to respond. And I need somebody to lay your hands on yourself and say, I let myself free. I let myself go. I think myself happy. It took 430 years, which means generations had to die out. Because they didn't get it. So God was like, maybe your kids will. They didn't get it. He was like, maybe your kids will. They didn't get it. He was like, maybe your kids will. They didn't get it. He was like, maybe your kids will. They didn't get it. He was like, maybe your kids will. And and, and it took 430 years to finally get a generation where God says, are you going to not feel some type of way? Because if not, I got all eternity. (laughs) You got a few decades. I got all eternity. It took them 430 years to stop making themselves bitter. Bishop, I just can't forgive. Bishop, I'm just angry. Bishop, I'm just mad. Today, I, I got out of that little, that little, matter of fact, I didn't even go there. Matter of fact, I read it. I smiled. I said, this is going to work real good for me. <laughs> Praise him. I said, now, Lord, I just want to see how you're going to do it. Because this is going to work for me. This is going to be good for me. Because I'm sitting up under a prophetic word. So this works for me. You're sitting up under a prophetic word. So that means whatever affliction you encounter, it works for you. Somebody say, this works for me. Don't even be mad about it anymore. It, it works for you. You ever, you, ever, you ever saw somebody, I just got one more verse. You ever, you ever, you, it was only supposed to do two verses. I had to give you context uh, because I want you to be taught well. 
I don't just want you to shout and not have substance. And I realize we live in a time in the world now where you, preachers don't really need much substance. They just need the good show. I understand that, but, but I'm a different type of guy, so I got to give you substance. I just can't give you a show. I, I can't just have you running around shouting, screaming, hollering. That's good, and we need to do all of that, but I need you to have some substance behind your shout. So that's just what I have to do. That's just my conviction. Um, watch this. <clears throat> your emotions. Your emotions... You pick them. You choose them. It took 430 years for a generation to rise up that decided we're not picking bitterness anymore. We're not picking to feel over. Overwhelmed is a feeling you create. You created that. See, your issue isn't your weight. The issue is the way you carry your weight. And I don't mean literally your weight. I mean the, the stuff on your shoulder. What you trying to say? I'm, well, nobody even talking about that. But evidently, if you convicted, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right, just joking. So check this out. I got one more verse for you. And th this is the coup de grace, they say. You ready? Here it is, Jeremiah 12, 5. It took all that time for them to finally stop being stuck in their emotions, feeling some type of way. Think about how much they lost. Think about how much time they wasted. So here's Jeremiah 12, 5. Say, connect the dots, Bishop. If you have run with the footmen and they weary you, then how can you contend with horses? Look, look at me. He says, if this little stuff is stressing you out, have you looked at your targeted prayer list? Don't you have some big stuff on there? He said, if an assignment on your job has got you stressed out, don't let me that tone face. He said, if one little person having an issue with you and one little situation and one little this and one little that, Lord, I'm just different. They're not a type of human. So therefore, we could surmise that they are a different dimension of warfare. So he says, if you can't deal with something like you to fight, how are you going to deal with something that's got more legs than you to fight? See, see, because watch this, because watch this. In this year of acceleration, everything is accelerated, which means the good stuff and the other. I don't even call it bad. It's just the other. Mm, it's, it's all good for me. Why? All things <laughs> work together for my good. Therefore, if it works for my good, it's good. Ain't it good to you? It's good to me. First, he says, if uh, you run with the footmen and they weary with you, how are you going to contend with the horses? Weary. Emotions. Weary is an emotion. He says, if the little stuff has got you emotional, we need to, watch this, I'm going to tell you where you're at, we're going to shout, give, and go home. Some of y'all going to Waffle House. He's like, Bishop ain't good today, I'm eating good too. <laughs> Wherever you go, I'm just saying it's late, so hey, like you finna, you know, watch. He says, if the little stuff has you emotional, what do you think the big stuff's going to do? There's a song that says, more money, more problems. Oh, y'all thought there's more money, more money, but no, no, no. More money, more problems. Now, what's the point you're trying to create? The point you're trying to make is that when you go to an accelerated level of life, 
you actually now, when you have more money, that just makes you a bigger target. So if you can't deal with issues down here, how are you going to deal when you have people coming against you for no reason, but they just know you got some money? That's what they're trying to say in the song. So check out the point. Touch your neighbor and say, this is about to close. And I'm getting ready to close. If you ran with the footmen and you're emotional, how can you contend with the horses? Watch the next part of the verse. And if in the land of shalom, peace, in which you trusted, they wearied you. He says, Ain't you been saying you're shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all as well? Well, if you're shalom and they got you emotional, what are you going to do when I send the flood? Watch this. Watch this. The floodplain of Jordan, that was in the promised land. He says, if you're in shalom and you're wearied, what are you going to do when all the good stuff starts happening so fast? That you wake up, let me prophesy, on Thursday and say, didn't he turn that? On Friday, didn't he turn that? On Saturday, look at what he did. On Sunday, watch this miracle. On Monday, he says, if you're already emotional about this little stuff, how are you going to handle stuff from another dimension? How are you going to handle when the good stuff comes? Because here's what happens. The flood, the, the river would recede. And then when it was the time for the flood, the river would come up and it would flood the entirety of the area so that it looked bad at first. <laughs> I got to close the book. It looked bad at first. But God says, if you keep on looking, if you keep on being faithful, if you keep on giving, if you keep on serving, if you keep on loving God, keep on loving people, keep on loving life. He says, what well, looked like it was for your bad. When that water begins to recede, what was dead now has life. You're not hearing me. Because the flood that came, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard. What's the standard? The standard is when God takes the flood and makes what was dead come to life. You ain't hearing what I'm saying. God says, don't you grow weary. Don't you get stuck in your emotions because the flood that came against you, I got a stem that I'm raising up. And you know what he does it? During the feast time. Y'all not hearing me. He says, I got a stem that I'm raising up. And that stem that is going to turn what was bad into something very, 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 very good. He says, but you, you, Got to stop being so emotional. Why are you wearied and bitter and burdened? Why is the topic of your conversation 90% of the day about stuff you can change? And I got to stop because I'm out of time, but just prophesy to yourself and say your name. Uh, just say, you needed this tonight because you need to know that your affliction has been bringing acceleration. Can I just give you this last piece? I'm over time, so I might as well just, you know. Uh, notice what verse 12 back in Exodus 1.12 says. Come on, 1.12. You bet. Um, some of y'all get it next week. I know you're in the third heaven. But the more they afflicted them, here's what God's doing. 
He's watching, but not intervening. I just helped myself. He's watching, but he's not intervening. He's seeing what's happening, and you pray, and you're like, I know God's going to do something, and he does nothing. In fact, for somebody here tonight, it seems like they start doing more. He's watching, and he does not intervene. But the more they afflicted them, God's watching, but he won't intervene. And where you're at getting emotional is because you're trying to figure out why won't he do something? I got one witness. Can I get two? You're trying to figure out, God, if you're strong, if you're mighty, if you're powerful, if you're a good, good father, why aren't you doing something? And he says, because you don't understand how I bring acceleration. You don't understand how I do math. In order to accelerate you, I have to let them afflict you. It's just the way that it works. So the reason I'm not doing nothing is because you asked me for acceleration. I'm giving you acceleration. And if I stop them now, my God, preach to yourself for me. If I stop them now, you're not going to get everything that you're supposed to get. So the reason I'm not doing anything is because the more they afflict you, 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 the more you're going to accelerate. So he says, I'm not doing, stay right there. He says, I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting involved. I watched them say it. I watched them do it. And don't you dare. Watch this. I'm talking to somebody where your face been wavering. Your face been wavering because you don't know how good dads are. Here's what a good daddy will do. What a good daddy will do is when he knows you need to get something out to fight, he'll stand close enough just to let your enemy know don't you do too much. But he knows that there's some lessons you're getting up out to fight. Sometimes a good daddy is different than a mama because a mama typically is going to run in and stop the fight. But God, he says, I'm a good, good father. And so what I got to do is step back sometimes. And I see that they're knocking you back. And I see you taking blows. My God, I see you bloody. I see you stressed up. I see you angry. But I didn't leave you, baby. I'm a good, good father. I'm just letting them affect you because I'm about to accelerate you in front of their face I didn't leave you I'm just a good daddy it's like a kid at the basketball game if he sees that his son is missing he can't step into the game you missed it he can't interrupt the game he can't run off the bleachers and say let me save you He says, I've been teaching you. You've been sitting under that word for long enough. You got those YouTube videos. You got those CDs. You got that podcast. You you got that auto message. You've been sitting up under this word. And while you're in the game, I'm not interrupting the game. I'm not interrupting the flight. And I did not leave you. Somebody needs to hear that. Because your faith has been really wavering. 
your whole Christian walk has been nothing but a sham. And here's why it's been a sham. Because the truth be told is while you've been going through the motions, I'm going to get all in your business. I don't know who I'm prophesying to. What the sham about it is, is that you've never fully believed. And you've never fully believed because you don't understand how good daddies do. So every time he won't step in and fix it and make it better and do this and do that, you're like, well, I'm not really sure. I don't really know. I'm talking to somebody tonight. God, where are you at? God, do you love me? Watch this. God, what did I do wrong? Are you mad at me? Did you leave me? And he says, I did not leave you. I did not give up on you. I need them to afflict you because that's how I'm going to accelerate you. Watch this. The more they what? Multiply. Verse. I'm talking to somebody. And grew. You, you missed it. The more they what? Multiply what? And grew. What? Multiplied and grew. Multiplication is what? Accelerated addition. Acceleration. Faster. But, but what does growth mean? Further. Your territory increases. Your influence increases. The more they mess with Jesus, the bigger his crowds got. The more they talked about Jesus, the more people came to say, well, who is he? Look over at your neighbor. I got to quit. Say, you're going further. You're going faster. Starting right now. Praise him. I said, 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 praise him. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that's within me. Jesus. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, 
If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.